The following content is sponsored in partnership with Haymarket Media U.S. It's the PR Week Podcast in partnership with PR Talent. PR Talent. On today's episode, I think the impacts of AI are going to be even more significant than the impact of the internet has been on society, our culture, and communications. Here's your host, Gideon Fiddleside. Hi, everyone. Hope you're well. This is Gideon Fiddleside, Editorial Director of Custom and PR Week. I'm so excited about this podcast because it takes what I consider to be an absolute editorial staple of PR Week, the annual salary survey, to the next level. And what I mean by that is our salary survey is so much more than a salary report. It's truly more of an overarching state of the industry report that very much captures what's going on in the PR job market. As such, it makes perfect sense that PR Week partners with PR Talent each year to present this report. And this podcast is brought to you by PR Talent. And honestly, I love the partnership because it means I get the chance to work with truly one of my favorite people who is also joining me today for this podcast. And I'm going to introduce him in a second. This podcast will focus on comms hiring trends for the next six months and beyond. And this is a crucial conversation to have in a year that has been quite a challenge to navigate for comms hiring managers and candidates alike. So what's hot and what's not in the PR job market right now? For the rest of 2023, we'll be talking about hiring trends, layoff trends, search strategies, and what talent is hottest in this topsy-turvy economic environment. And like I said, I have the perfect person joining me for this conversation. Thrilled and honored to introduce PR Talent President Jim Zalilio. Jim, you and I go way back, but it's always a it's always a pleasure spending time with you. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Gideon. Thank you for that kind introduction. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for that. So yeah, we're going to be covering quite a few things here. And like I said, like I said before, you know, Jim, it's what he does for a living. So he knows he sees around the corner on a lot of these hiring th- a lot of these hiring trends. So it's the right guy to listen to. So, you know, I think you're getting a lot out of this. So let me start here. 2022 was obviously pretty high growth year for the comms and PR profession. Salary survey told that story too. But what are you seeing so far in 2023 and what do you see for the remainder of the year? Well, it's, um, it's not 2022. <laughs> it's a lot different. Um, probably in my experience, it's the most unusual year we've seen recruiting. So you've got mm-hmm. a combination of, you've got low unemployment, right? I think it's about 3.6% just came out a week ago or so at 3.6% unemployment, which is basically full employment in the economy. It was 14.6% in 2020, just for reference, you yeah. know, big jump in two years, um, positive jump, but and and coming out on the heels of the pandemic, communications is more respected than ever by the C-suite, right? Uh, a lot of credibility was built up during the pandemic uh, by the uh, you know terrific uh, response uh, from senior communicators and strategic in-house folks uh, internally and both externally. So a lot of positives for the industry, although there seems to be some waffling in the hiring sector for comms folks. And I think, you know, kind of across the board is people have been nervous about all the discussion of recession and obviously there's been inflation. So, uh, you know, the economic signals have not been great. The first quarter and the second quarter, they've been flat or a little bit down. 
I call that yellow light hiring. So it's kind of cautionary hiring. There's selective hiring of people that are critical to the operation, but then people the nice to haves to build mm-hmm. out your team and make your team more complete. Those are being delayed, not canceled, but delayed. Um, so what we're expecting and what we're hearing from clients nationally and, and across industries is that the third quarter, they're going to get some green lights. So we'll go from yellow light hiring to more green light hiring starting third quarter, July. So coming right up. Crossed. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So, so that's a that's a that's still a pretty positive story. I mean, you know, you said it's not 2022, and you're right. Thank God it's not 2021 <laughs> or 2020. Um, 2020 in particular, that was um, for obvious reasons. But yeah, that's um, this the, the the tenor of this podcast would be a lot different if we were having this conversation back then. Um, even though probably both of us would probably not be feeling very much like having this conversation three years ago. So that's much better, but I appreciate, I appreciate the insight, Tim. And now you're all in our man caves watching sports or something. Well, actually the funny thing is in 2020, I wasn't because there was no sports to watch. And that's probably, I honestly, I, I, you know, my wife kept telling me, when did you go so with the politics? We never talked about this before. I'm like, there's nothing else to talk about. I mean, how much can you talk about how wonderful Ted Lasso is? As wonderful a show as that is, I can't talk about it forever. Sorry, guys. I'm really getting off track here. Sorry, Jim. Back to the main event. This is a really important question, obviously, that everyone's interested in. Now, what type of talent skills are most desirable right now for the, for communications pros? And you know what? This is really an important question because, you know, yes, communicators have gained an incredible amount of respect in the C-suite over the past, over the past couple of years. One could argue it should have been there a long time ago, but it's definitely gone there. But you know what? What per the purview that communicators have over the various aspects of the business now have grown exponentially. So the talents that they need have kind of changed since five years ago, ten years ago, whatever. So clearly, what are the what are the talents that are most desirable right now among the people who are going to be doing this hiring in July? Well, you know, clearly, um, social media skills are, are critical to the industry now. You know, they're absolutely vital. So it's it's not only that, and that story has been told and talked about over and over, that you've got to have some social media skills because, you know, any mid-size agency or larger agency are practicing integrated communications. They're doing integrated campaigns. So they need someone that can come in and do not only traditional PR, but uh, strategic social media and and digital uh, as well as content development. So... All of those things are, you know, legs on the stool that you need. That's sort of the the ticket to entry in the business these days. But one of the things we've heard in the last more and more in the last year is that we they really need not only just the social media understanding, but the strategy, the strategic thinking behind social media campaigns and how to dovetail those with traditional PR and other marketing efforts that the company is going to do. So it's looking at how do you build an audience? How do you target an audience in social and digital? And how do you move the needle on their their behavior within that audience? So it's really much deeper strategic thought when it comes to social that we're seeing. And, and that is really at all levels, although less from an execution standpoint for the more senior levels mm-hmm. in the business. Now... Um, this is a segue probably into a conversation that mm-hmm. I don't think is going to end 
anytime soon. I'm going to talk about AI, specifically ChatGBT. But in this particular case, I want to talk about, and actually there's two questions I have here, but I'll talk about the first one. How is How will ChatGBT change talent needs for agencies? Also for in-house roles as well. It's, I mean, um, I know you're having these it, conversations. It's, it's really interesting. And, and my, my take on it is, and, and from all the conversations that we've been listening to and everything that we've sort of, I think everyone's a sponge right now when it comes to, when it comes to AI and where it's heading. But um, the consensus is both excited and scared at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we're going to see, and I'm no, you know, Houdini or, or Genie, <laughs> if you're looking <laughs> through a crystal ball, I uh, know Houdini. Um, you do? But uh, I, no, I know Houdini. Oh, okay. I I thought, I'm, I'm like, wait, whoa. Whoa. Okay. I'm Sorry. <laughs> Never mind. Jeez, I am old, but, you know. And I did live through the, uh, you know, the start of the internet, right? So I was there. I saw the, I saw the impacts on the business and how that, how that uh, changed everything over the past, you know, twenty years or so. But that took twenty years. I think the impacts of AI are going to be mm-hmm. even more significant than the impact of the internet has been on society, our culture, and communications. Um, and the scary thing is all of that impact that occurred over 20 years with the internet is probably going to occur over the next three to five years with AI. So we're going to see, I think we're going to see significant change, significant impacts. Um, hard to say what, how that affects the specific talent, um, that we're going to need for agencies. Uh, you know, it's going to impact content, right? Content development. There's going to be huge impacts there maybe fewer writers, um, you know, maybe on the digital side, things will be automated to an extent. We just, we just saw an impact yesterday on our applicant tracking system, which really just organizes our database. And so we reach out to candidates on that applicant tracking system and we send them emails and alert them to things that are going on with mm-hmm. new jobs, new positions, new opportunities. And, they have an AI capability there, an outreach capability that automatically produces the content for the initial contact, the follow-up contact, and then six other contacts across not only email, but texting and phone. Mm -hmm. And all of that is automated with about 10 seconds of work. Jim and I have such a good rapport that has been established over years, Um, not, not as many years as Houdini has not been alive, but years. Um, so he kind of knew what I was going to ask him, and but it's worth noting as well because I was going to ask you how ChatGPT is changing recruiting, and you basically answered it. I guess I guess the only thing I guess the only thing I would ask you is, from the perspective, obviously you're, you're from the recruiting, you're from the recruiter side. How might it be changing recruiting from the recruitee side? Yeah, you know, I've always heard that recruiting was going <laughs> to go away, <laughs> that technology was going to replace recruiting, right? And Obviously, that hasn't happened. We've been in business for 25 years. I don't think AI is going to replace the human touch and the relationship aspect that will still be critical in recruiting. Um, You know, one of the reasons we always hire former PR practitioners is that they know what the talent should, you know, walk like and talk like, right? They know the duck. Um, So it's much more efficient, much, much faster moving when you're on the hunt for right, the right talent because you understand what the hiring manager needs. Uh, 
I don't think that capability can can probably be replaced by uh, AI. <laughs> I'm hoping not. Uh, but yeah, it's still a very nuanced business that requires human beings, and, and that should continue for a while. I appreciate that, and you know, not that we're necessarily talking about that specifically, even though I think we are, because this is really a state of the. You know, we always talk about how this is a state of the business report, just as much as the salaries. Um, you know, yeah. look, there's, I mean, and look, I'm being perfectly transparent. I actually just earlier today did a webcast on AI as well. And fascinating conversation. And what you said about fear and excitement at the same time, that is a theme that is repeated in every single such conversation. Um, but the reality is, and you're, you're so right, what you said about the internet was an absolute game changer and it took 20 years. I mean, you, you can argue maybe with five years, last five years, more, whatever it is, AI is clearly going to do it in a much, much quicker way. I was going to try to be clever and say it's probably going to be 20 minutes. Okay. That's probably a little bit fast. 20 months. That's not so insane, actually. So, um, so look, the thing is, you're right. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, AI doesn't think right now. It just does. And it does things really fast. And it can help PR pros with some of those, lack of a better term, mundane tasks that it can do probably better than you can and much faster than you can so that you can focus on what you're really good at. So I'm going to repeat something that I've said before, that others have said before. Jim's probably said it. But the bottom line is right now, AI is not going to replace PR pros. PR pros are going to be replaced by other PR pros who use AI better than they do. That's really kind of what it comes down to. And so... Yeah, you could be scared. You could be cautious. It's probably a smart thing to do, but you have to, you know, it's part of it. Jim, it's part of how you're going to be running your business for sure. And it's part of how PR is going to be done. So um, kind of, kind of get over the fear and just kind of jump in and experiment because that's, that's just kind of the way things are going. And by the way, same for my industry, same for a lot of industries. And, uh, yeah, you know, I would agree with that, Gideon. Yeah. Um, although um, all those people that worried about their writing skills in PR and they're like, oh, how am I going to improve my writing skills? I'm not going to get promoted. Well, they may not have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, you're right. Unfortunately, unfortunately, or well, I'm not going to say fortunately, but writing skills have deteriorated a little bit because, you know, because of the reliance on, you know, the 140 character limitations of Twitter for so long and all those kinds of yeah. things. So I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that was just a, maybe that was just a foretelling of what was going to happen, but I will say this. And again, I'm taking a little bit from some of the conversations that I've had. This isn't me talking. This is the experts that I've been speaking to. You know what? There is still going to be, there's writing skills are still going to be necessary. Just the way they manifest themselves might be a little bit different. Um, so because, AI can craft a press release for you. It can even craft a client pitch for you. But it's going to lack context. It's going to lack, I hate to simplify this, but it's going to lack soul. And on a human, human level, and this is still what public relations is about, it's not going to be able to produce that. And that's where humans are going to have to interject. Oh, interject is a strong word. That's what I meant. That's where humans are going to make those things better. But clearly, AI, is a, it's a tool. It's a tool that is going to help you do your jobs better. And that's kind of how you have to look at it. And if you look at it that way, you're going to embrace it in the way that you need to embrace it. And until the uh, the soul feature is uh, created, and then and then there's all kinds of <laughs> problems. Well, you know what? It's it. You know what? It's really funny. Uh, you know what, what's really interesting, and I I don't often go around you know you know citing Will Smith movies as examples of anything, but I Robot, and I'm sure all of you have probably seen that movie. I'm telling you, it's amazing how clairvoyant 
or hopefully maybe not so clairvoyant, but I mean, you know what that movie is all about. I mean, it's really interesting. Yeah. The, those yeah. robots were were basically, there was like, what, seven robots for every one human or something by the time it was done. And even Will Smith was part robot, right? I mean, so it, it, yeah. I know it sounds silly that we're talking about it, but you know what? That is kind of where, a, that is kind of the ultimate of AI, that one robot in the movie that actually did feel, did think, did dream. I mean, is that really possible? I mean, I don't know the answer to that, but- I'll tell you, it certainly would be silly to not think it is possible. So, you know, like I said, this is going to be a space that is, uh, you know, you re- you're really going to, I know it's, I know it's said a lot, but you're going to have to watch the AI space like every day and see what's going on there because it's really, it's fascinating and it's scary and it's exciting and it's all those things. Um, so, you know, yeah. this, you know, this, like I said, I think we're all in the same boat. I mean, a lot of us don't know a lot. A lot of us don't know a lot about it yet. So we're all going to be learning together. So it'll be interesting. Well, what we do know is there will be uh, job displacement and there will be job creation. So you're going to have both. Um, you just have to, as a, um, you know, as a candidate or as, as an employee, wherever you mm-hmm. are, um, you need to keep your eyes open to where those opportunities will be. So, you know, the old adage that where there's chaos, there's opportunity that will ring very true. Well, well said. <laughs> well said. I'm going to move back on now to a more classic topic amongst the conversation. I'm going to be blunt, I guess. Let me just ask it straight. Why has the industry not been more successful in achieving equal pay among men and women? It's still incremental improvements as the salary survey is borne out, but it's still a pretty big chasm, for, generally speaking. Why hasn't that changed? It's, um, you know, it's especially in communications, it's um, surprising and a bit disturbing, uh, considering that a majority of uh, comms executives are women. Now, they haven't been in the majority in senior management roles at agencies. So that has been changing slowly over time. So I think that's been helpful. But some of that is entrenched, too. So if you've been underpaid, as a female employee over the years mm-hmm. and people are able to ask you what your salary is, then you're always going to be underpaid because you're never going to make up the difference um, with your male counterpart who's at the same level and making 20% more than you because they're going in and they're making say a hundred thousand dollars and they're asking for a raise and they get a raise to 110,000. Well, if you're only making 80,000, you're not going to get a raise up to 110,000. You're going to get a raise up to, you know, 88,000. So the fact that some of these laws like uh, pay transparency and the right not to disclose your salary should help. And I think we saw that in the salary survey, Gideon, where it's getting closer, but still, in my opinion, it's still, men still make 21% more than women. That's insane. Yeah which is way down from what it was a few years ago, but it's still, a, it's a chasm. It's a chasm. That's the word. It's a chasm. 30% two years ago. Which Correct. Is Correct. Unbelievable. So it's, we're heading um, in the right direction, but not fast enough, I think. What what I will say also about the salary survey, which is interesting though, is, and this, this is where the progress I think is being seen. Um, there are certain titles, um, senior level titles, that actually the salaries are getting very comparable. Director uh-huh. level, that level, which a lot of people who take the salary survey are sort of in that mid level. That there's still the, there's still the differences there, but you know you'd be there are some where there there are some titles where 
um, it's you know it's getting very it's getting very close. And sometimes you know women are actually making a little bit more than men. So you know it's interesting. And what you said also, Jim, before was which is very which is very important. And something we're very very happy to see is if you just look at the agencies right now, and you even, you even look at the the PRX agency business report, and you look at the top agencies. There's a lot more women CEOs in those spots than there used to be. So that's right. that's that's well. First of all, that's just encouraging. In salary, regardless of the salary conversation, that's obviously encouraging. But the salary conversation is also improved by by that reality. So you know, I certainly expect that gap between women and men to shrink twenty percent, twenty one percent now. Next year, I certainly would hope it'd be under twenty percent, if not better. So we'll see where that goes. If it starts going up, that's not so good. But I mean, I doesn't. I don't think that's going to happen. So again, something to watch out for. A um, couple other topics, yeah. broadly speaking, which are clearly top of mind for everybody: DEI and mental wellness. So, um, how do you think DEI and mental health, mental, mental wellness, easier for me to say, how, do, how will DEI and mental wellness initiatives be impacted by a slower economy? Concerns of a recession, concern, the reality of inflation. How do you think that's going to be affected? Or how, how, how is it being affected, I guess I could say? Well, I think mm-hmm. it's being affected now. I think we're seeing um, fewer hires uh, for DE&I positions overall. You know, agencies tend to be sitting on their hands, especially the larger firms, uh, when there's a pullback or, or a potential pullback even um, because, you know, they're publicly traded companies and they want to make sure they're making the profits they need to make. Uh, so they tend to they they tend to pull back on cost centers. So DEI is not a billable position; it's not a revenue generating position. So it's one of the you know HR, DEI, um, recruiting, all of those tend to get hit in a downturn. Um, so I, I think uh, that we're seeing that now. Um, probably for the next, you know, until people are feeling pretty comfortable about about the economy, which hopefully is the third quarter. Um, We'll continue to see a little bit of that. I don't think it's going away. I don't think the commitment's going away. I think agencies are still committed to DE&I. I think Gen Z and millennials will hold their feet to the fire on that going forward. Um, So I don't think there's any sort of backing away from DE&I. It's just not going to move forward as quick. It's not moving forward as quickly here in 2023 over the first, you know, six, seven months or so. Yeah. And I think that's the same. The same goes for mental wellness for Gen Z and millennials. You know, they think it's important. They think it's very important more than any other generation. Absolutely. And they make up the largest portion of the workforce. So they're going to drive that forward. It's going to happen. Um, And we're seeing companies adopt benefits for mental wellness, you know, um, up, uh, was it, um, better up is one of those companies that works with a lot of, you know, it's a, it's a, it can be, you can tap uh, consultants online, um, to be, to work with you, uh, for mental fitness. And, um, I think there'll be more and more of those options for companies. I think it's a matter of having, you know, options and ben- you know, a program that makes sense for their employees. But, uh, that's something that it's a differentiator for employees. They may not go to a company that doesn't offer that kind of benefit. So I think employers are going to have to offer it. Understood. Honestly, one of the, the last question I was going to ask you is about quite a broad question. I know about how you see PR changing in the next five years, in the next 20 years. Clearly, that is something that's very important to you in your position because you kind of have to know what the, what the industry is going to look like so you can place people 
in the best way possible. Um, I think we covered a lot of that, but obviously I want to give you the floor. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you see, and besides AI, which I think is an obvious one and, and obviously the, the increased importance of social media skills, but how do you think, cha- how do you see PR changing? And then uh, let's just focus on five years, 20 years is just way too down the road. How will PR change in the next five years? That is really, really relevant to a conversation that involves recruitment. Yeah. Um, well, I, I will, I will go in the AI direction, even though you said aside no, it's from, fine. It's AI, fine. but it's, uh, you know, and it should be maybe two years and five years that we're looking at. But I think this is an, this is another inflection point um, for the communications industry, just like the internet was. And um, it's going to have, it's, it's revolutionary what's going to happen over the next couple of years. So I think the positive impacts of AI will be used, you know, for content generation within the communications function and a bunch of other uses we haven't even figured out yet, right? So it's going to be used in multitude in a multitude uh, kind of ways. Um, the negative impacts on companies just overall, not, you know, forget about how communicators are going to use it, but just how companies are going to have to react to the use of AI that's going to spread lies and misinformation about them or about individuals or about politicians or about the world, you know, at large. <laughs> Um, those, that is going to be a fire that they're going to be fighting on a, you know, just enormous global level. And that is going to require, um, a, you know, an army of PR pros that can counter that kind of disinformation that's going to be out there. So it's going to be a fight against disinformation, um, led by, PR people uh, when it comes to especially corporations, obviously. Uh, so crisis and issue issues management is going to be, you know, of uber importance going forward and just to minimize some of the damaging impacts of AI. So I anticipate lots of hiring across the board on issues management, which we're seeing right now. Um, that's probably the most, the hottest segment Um for communications hires right now. Interesting. So that's something that that's something that for us, for you and I to monitor when we do our salary survey next year. So I'll definitely be checking. I'll definitely be looking into that. There's some anticipation there that it's it's going to be an issue and people are trying to get out in front. Absolutely, of it and dare I say, I suppose, heading into uh, you know pretty important election, that might also be part of the part of this whole issues mm-hmm. management conversation, disinformation, and all those sorts of things. So. Yeah, I think we're in for I think we're for, I think we're in for a very very interesting um, future, near and long term. And um, you know, I think we can all be buoyed though by um, the fact that you know Jim is among the people who are placing so many PR pros in their jobs. And um, you know, he has a very very good track record. Um, and I've known, like I said, I've known him for years. It's always a pleasure spending time with you and working with you, Jim. And this podcast was a lot of fun. And Jim works very, very hard. And so much like me, I think he probably finds some solace in the world of sports. He's a sports (laughs) fan like I am. He's a native New Yorker, though he did get out of here and went to L.A., just like the Dodgers did. (laughs) And he is a Yankee fan and a Jet fan, which is, you know, diametrically opposed to my rooting interests. Um, the, The Jets are okay. I'm a Giants fan. I can live with him being a Jet fan. I'm a New York Mets fan. Um, anyone, anyone, anyone follows baseball knows the pain that comes with that. So knowing that he's a Yankee fan, I'm sorry. That is a character flaw, Jim. You don't have many, 
but that is a character flaw. So I was supposed I was supposed to ask him why the Jets and the Yankees are going to dominate New York sports headlines in the coming decade. Okay, there I said it. I don't even want to hear your answer. I don't care. But I asked the question. Now, I do want to thank Jim for his support of this podcast. Obviously, working with him on the salary survey. Um, you know, the premium edition is out right now. Um, you know, by all means, check it out because as great as the salary survey was, it's a lot of data that we have that we couldn't just fit into it. So there's a lot of expanded data and you can go on PRWeek.com and find it. Um, it's a really, really great report. And um, you know, by all means, I, I, I think it's really something that's going to help you sort of understand where you are in terms of your salary, negotiate, perhaps negotiate a little better. The story is probably going to be a little bit different next year because that's the nature of it. But it's a really, really good report. Please do check it out. Jim, thank you so much for spending this time with me this afternoon. It's always a pleasure spending that time with you. And I think this is a really interesting conversation and um, hope you all enjoyed it. Until next time, I look forward to seeing you out there, but enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye.